Hello and welcome to the Edgar Podcast. I'm Rob Chilton, editor of Edgar Magazine. And I'm Nathan Irvine, senior digital editor of EdgarDaily.com. Coming up today, Sony and Microsoft join forces for the future of video games. We talk to Jumeirah's new Michelin-starred chefs and sail into one of our favourite Dubai brunches. So welcome. We are uh, wrapping up the June issue of Edgar, but we uh, we thought we'd sneak in the studio for a, a podcast here, and we're going to kick off Nathan with some tech news. Like two big giants have made a big decision this week. They really have. It's Microsoft and Sony, the makers of the Xbox and the Sony PlayStation. Obviously, they have spent the last eighteen years fighting against each other for superiority with their consoles that they make, but they have just announced that they are going to team up for the greater good. This is pretty big news in the tech world then, like two enemies coming together. Why have they come across the battlefield? So the reason why this has happened is because of cloud gaming. What they what they want to do is they want to create the Netflix of video games. Right. That's the best way to understand this. That's good. The reason why they have partnered together is because Google and Amazon are both trying to get into that market. Compared to those guys, they don't have nearly enough money as those guys. So have Google and Amazon also joined forces? They've not joined forces, they're doing their own thing. So Google have brought out the the Stadia, which is due to come out later on this year, which is a controller and it's gonna use cloud streaming for, for video games. Amazon have also got something in the pipeline, but they haven't announced exactly what that is yet. So Sony and Microsoft have basically looked at each other and gone, we know how to do video games. We're not too great at doing cloud gaming services. Let's combine our skill set and see what we can do. This is like Pepsi and Coca-Cola. Like it is. Making a drink together. This, makes, this yep. is crazy. I'm presuming that there's some huge money involved in this arena. That's why these guys are desperate to, to get in there and do it right. Yeah, I think that's, that's the big thing. I know I just mentioned it before, but the video, the, the Netflix of video games is the Netflix of anything is like the next big thing. Yeah. So like subscription-based services like Spotify, like mm-hmm. Amazon Prime, like Netflix, everyone's trying to do that, but for video games. And Google Stadia, when they announced it this year, I think lit a fire underneath Sony and Microsoft. Mm. They've been they've got their own versions of it, but it's it's nowhere near as good as it needs to be to get people on board get rid of their physical copies and just subscribe to this cloud gaming service so now sony and and microsoft are coming together to sort of say right we know video games we know what we're doing let's just put it all together and let's just see if we can keep our fans on board what kind of timeline are we looking at here when might these 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 guys present a product to us. Okay, so they haven't actually mentioned when the date will be when it releases, but the good money is on 2020 because everyone thinks that the next Xbox, the Xbox 2, and the PlayStation 5 will be out next year. Okay. So it would make sense that this new technology was part of these new systems that they're bringing out. And when you say Netflix of video games, does that mean that a guy or girl at home will go onto their subscription service that they've paid for and play a game that they grab from this cloud. Yeah, exactly that. Okay. So they will they will go on, they will look at a menu on the, on the screen, they will click on that game and then same way that you would watch a film or yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine for the seventh time, <laughs> you will just, you'll be able to just stream it and just play it there and then. So you'll never have to keep it on your actual machine. And will Microsoft and Sony build a new console? 
So they won't build a new console together, but they will share the technology for their Xbox, for their next Xbox and their next PlayStation. Okay. So it's quite an, an interesting deal. They're coming together to help each other with cloud gaming, but they're still going to be separate. So they, they still right. will be enemies, right, right. but frenemies. They won't make a play box. <laughs> it's unlikely. And do you think this is you know, exciting like as, as a gamer yourself? Is, is this, do you think it's going to work? Yeah, absolutely. I think they've, as I said before, like PlayStation and Xbox have had their versions of cloud gaming before. Like they've tried this system. Right. It's just the, the problem with it is, is like if you're watching a film on Netflix and the, the resolution isn't quite good enough or it starts skipping mm. or something like yeah. that, you know, you turn it off and then you just get back into it. Whereas with, with gaming, especially multiplayer ones where you have to play online, you need to make sure that that connection is solid at all times. Yeah. And that is where the big hole in the market has, has appeared. So, so by helping each other, hopefully they'll come up with a solution, but it will be a solution that helps them both battle each other, if that makes yeah. sense. Okay, last question. Google, yes. Amazon, Microsoft plus Sony, who do you think is going to win? I think it will be Xbox and PlayStation mm. because I don't think right now there's room in the market for another console, another brand new right. console. So I think the majority will go with what they know, PlayStation and Xbox. That's the time when everything starts to go wrong. So the sound you just heard there, Rob, was the new documentary film from the creators of Senna, Amy, and the Drive to Life, Race to Life, the F1 <laughs> on, on Netflix. Uh, but this is Diego Maradona's documentary, which looks insane. Yeah, it's getting very good reviews. It just showed at the Cannes Film Festival. And everybody went crazy for it. It's from Asif Kapadia, who's the British documentary maker, right. who, as you said, won uh, an Oscar, actually, for his Amy Winehouse yes, documentary. yeah, yeah. And also he made Senna, which is about the, the tragic life of Ed and Senna. Mm -hmm. And so this is his third film. It's called Diego Maradona, and it's about Diego Maradona. Who knew? <laughs> and it just looks great. We've only seen the trailer so far, but it uh, it's not going to be you know, a big puff piece on Diego Maradona. It's going to chart his downfall, his trials and tribulations. Yep. The, um, there's some little hint at some mafia business going on there. Mm, mm. Uh, there's lots of shots <clears throat> of him being hustled away from big press conferences by police, that sort of thing. So it won't just be, you know, what a player he was. It's yeah. going to look at his downfall as well. It does look interesting. Uh, one of the things that I noted was it looks less like a documentary and more like a reboot of Scarface. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because obviously there's certain themes that are yes. that, that carry over from, from both of those, uh, from, well, from the Scarface movie to this documentary things like you know there's a scene where there's a car that's bullet ridden and there's right. blood all over the place and it's like I don't remember this part of Diego yeah, yeah. Maradona's life so yeah. so I'm intrigued to see just how it plays out and also I, he's got a really interesting childhood as well Maradona I've re read a little bit about this before where he grew up in Buenos Aires you know it was not a great area mm. and uh, in Argentina they love this idea of the pibe this sort of street kid footballer right that's why they love Messi so much okay and so Maradona was the archetypal P-Bay, coming from those, those mean streets of Buenos Aires, playing on concrete, learning all his skills, yeah. and then you know, winning the World Cup in 1986. That's an incredible journey. Yeah. 
But of course, you know, then we have the, the flip side and his, his downfall. Yeah. So I, I think it's, it's a great story of human drama, amazing football, obviously, you know, with Maradona. So I, I can't yeah. wait. And one last thing there, Maradona or Messi, which one would you choose as the best player? I'm going to have Messi, I think, for sure. I think Maradona, oh, he, he, his club career was not as great as Messi's, okay. full stop. You know, maybe on the international stage, Maradona tips Messi, but mm. I think for, for Napoli and, and Barcelona. But he didn't do enough for Napoli and Barcelona. Oh, see, I thought Maradona, because obviously he's won the World Cup, and this is always yeah. where, the, where the big debate lies yeah. with Maradona and Messi, because one has a World Cup, one doesn't. Mm. Obviously, as you say, Messi's career insane like he's won everything there is to win but then Maradona did like drag that quite terrible Napoli team to a, a Serie A title yeah. so I'm still going with Messi don't get me wrong yeah. but but I'm just saying that the uh, it, it's quite a close argument and I think it's one that will keep on raging yeah but Je- Messi has longevity that's the thing yeah you know he's got five champ- no, four Champions Leagues Ronaldo yeah. has five. Yes, yeah. Sorry, Leo. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, four Champions Leagues, I actually think that beats one World Cup. You know, okay. Messi's been amazing for, what, 15, 16 years? Yeah. Maradona was amazing for a three-week World Cup. So that, that's why I vote for him. One little uh, thing to note here is that the, the movie Diego Maradona is released on June the 14th, which happens to be the day that the Copa America begins. Ah. Just keeping on that South American theme. Yep. It's in Brazil, yep. so no pressure on Brazil there then. <laughs> no, I mean, it worked out perfectly for them last time during the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, right. They haven't won the Copa America since 2007. Really? Yeah, yeah. Chile will try and defend their title, but uh, it's been a long time since Brazil lifted that trophy. I can't see Chile lifting that title yeah. again this year. I mean, Alexis Sanchez has had an absolutely torrid time He's at Manchester gone. United. Yeah. Uh, Vidal is a lot older. Yeah, yeah. I don't, know, don't even know who the new young books are no, of, of Chile so they had a good run but I think this surely must be Brazil's time now I mean they've, they've been able to leave out Fabinho Lucas Moura Willian and Vinicius Jr. from their squad so I, oh, wow. surely any squad that leaves out those four guys must be very strong or the manager is inept <laughs> yeah. and they've got Neymar you know so in front of their home crowd surely it's coming home you know, as me, as a chef now, with after certain age, maybe when you are young, you want to start because, of course, it's really uh, show something. After age, you are just, uh, I'm not really thinking now anymore about the star Michelin. What I want is that uh, restaurants are full with mm-hmm. happy customers. Even more full with a good comment or excellent comment. I'm so happy. That was the voice of chef Frankie Semblat, who uh, has come to Dubai, brought his culinary skills to the city. And joining us, we've got a colleague here. We've got Lucy Lan from goodtaste.com. Hello, Lucy. Hello, Rob. Thank you for having me. And hello, nice. Nathan. <laughs> I thought you was going to forget me then. <laughs> it's nice to have you here. So, Frankie, what's his deal? Where is he? What's his restaurant in Dubai? So, Burj Al Arab has recently recruited three amazing chefs. Mm. Frankie's one of them. And he has over two decades of experience, plenty of experience at Michelin-starred restaurants. And between the three chefs that have joined, the other two are Kim Shwani Moen, hopefully I'm pronouncing his name correctly, and uh, Danish chef Kasper Kudal. Yeah. Which one is taking over from Nathan Outlaw? Because he's left Almahara, hasn't he? That's Kasper Kudal. Okay, so Kasper's taking over there, right. So these three new guys bringing all their experience and skills and Michelin stars coming to Burj Al Arab. That's a pretty big coup for the, for the hotel. 
Yeah, it is. Between them, each of them has over 20 years experience. Yeah, okay. They hold seven Michelin stars between the three of them. Right. Um, Who's got the most? Oh, good question. Well, I know Kim Juani Morin, yeah. if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, and Frankie Semblat both worked with Joel Wibishon for years. Right. Okay. I interviewed them all together, so oh, that must there, have been was, there was strange. lots of um, conversation between all of them. Yeah, right. Um, and they've all joined at a similar time, and they're still waiting for their families to come over. Yeah, right. So they're all kind of in the same boat. It, there was a good sense of camaraderie between them. Cool. Was it? Did Jamira explain why they've changed their their chefs? Did they mention it at all? Like why they've had this overhaul? Uh, no, I mean, there was mention in the press release about gearing up towards 2020. Okay, by getting new staff. Yeah. Because oh. and... <laughs> they don't actually have Michelin star... Rating. The guy hasn't come to Dubai yet, so no. that's correct. I had lunch with someone from Jumeirah a few weeks ago. Did you? Sorry to name drop. Oh. And she said that her focus was on a major push for Jumeirah food outlets. She wants to make the food the top thing. She wants to make it really classy, sophisticated, and that's why they brought in these amazing world-class chefs. They, I think they, they spent a lot of money on bringing these people in, so mm. Jumeirah food was already pretty good, I thought, yeah. and the, the number of restaurants they can offer is huge, but yeah. this seems like the start of that plan to, to really make Jumeirah the premier destination for food in Dubai. And that's really good. Yeah, and all of the chefs are very excited about it. I bet. Um, they're all going to be changing their menu basically they'll be developing them over the summer with a push september will be the big push right menus and just adding more quality to the dubai food scene i can't think really of a city in the world that has more top chefs working there right now i mean i just sketched out what heinz beck gordon ramsay jose avilas tom aitkins virgilio martinez all michelin star guys Mm. have come to dubai lured by this, this glitzy city and of course big bucks yeah it's yeah. very exciting yeah okay let's talk grooming we have our product of the week it is a new moisturizer that comes to dubai on june the first and it's called bleu de chanel two-in-one moisturizer for face and beard right okay. and nathan you're going to try this am i now are you ready um i guess so isn't the packaging lovely packaging is lovely there's a there's a slight metallic tinge to this black bottle yes it's, um, it's navy blue actually Sorry, uh, Nathan. Uh, it's my eyes <laughs> who said that um uh, so what am i supposed to do just spray so this on my hand squirt and... a couple of uh blobs onto the palm of your hand there okay. a couple more go on be generous yep. there you go yeah okay one, that's fine one, one more one more go one on more. okay right we're in gently rub it into your fingers there and then apply to your face and apply Right, rubbing. Don't rub it too much into your hands because all you're doing is moisturising your fingers there. No, that's what... Get it on your fingers. Get it on your face, go on. That's where all the, that's where all the hard skin lies. That's where I need it most. <laughs> You've had a hard week. Let that yeah. moisturiser rejuvenate your skin. Isn't well, the smell great? It is. And it, and it feels like it's, it's just like sulking in straight away. Exactly. Whereas I use a lot of different moisturisers where it feels like I'm wearing a mask. But yeah. this one feels like it's immediately settled into the skin. That's... That's high on my on my ratings for okay, a moisturizer. Okay, good, good. Now, it's clever, this moisturizer, because it's two-in-one. So a guy can use it if he's got a beard, and it'll yeah. penetrate the beard, moisturize mm-hmm. the beard, and also the skin underneath. But also, a guy with clean-shaven skin can use the moisturizer, because it goes straight into the skin. Okay. The fragrance is the, the Bleu de Chanel Eau de Toilette. So it's mint, grapefruit, nutmeg, ginger, and sandalwood. Okay. It smells fantastic, right? Yeah. 
It's out on June the 1st, as I mentioned. That little bottle there in your hand is 50 mils, and the price is 240 dirhams. Ooh. It's pretty pricey, but it really it's is. Chanel, darling. Yes, <laughs> very, very much so. But also, my, my, my point always with these expensive grooming products is that because of their quality, you don't need to use very much. So yeah. it will last a long time. Okay. I think people often see that price and would be shocked, but it's going to last you longer than a cheaper moisturiser because you don't need to use too much of it. Okay. Lucy, what's the female opinion of the smell? Well, yeah, it has a nice scent. It's yeah. good, right? Yeah. It's quite potent, though. Yeah. I'm sure... Potent? <laughs> It'll fade, I think. Yeah, It'll absorb. I'm just wondering how your beard feels, or your bit of stubble. It feels absolutely fine. Yeah. Yeah, it feels exactly how it was before. Okay. Maybe a little bit softer. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's, that's good. I like that. So there we have it. Product of the week is Bleu de Chanel 2-in-1 Moisturiser for Men. So Rob, you have been out and about enjoying a lovely little brunch this weekend. Yeah, quite a nautical brunch. Mm. Uh, it's at the Bulgari Yacht Club which is attached to the Bulgari Hotel, which is a super cool place. The idea being that you can uh, park your boat in the marina there. Yeah. Well, no, moor your boat, sorry, not park. Okay. You moor boats, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can tell I'm not a sailor. <laughs> and then you just uh, uh, stroll up the, uh, the, the boardwalk there into the Bulgar- Bulgari Yacht Club and enjoy a delicious Italian seafood brunch. It's got a very nautical theme. Is this Friday or Saturday brunch? It's Friday, 12.30 till 4. And uh, inside looks like a a cool 1960s yacht. So there's uh, beautiful teak flooring Mm -hmm. that you get on a a boat. There's chrome rails, you know, like those guard rails you get on boats. Yeah. But what I love, there are beautiful black and white photographs in the 1960s of people like Bridget Bardot, Jackie Kennedy, Alan Delon... Uh, Errol Flynn, these just okay. super cool people all on boats oh. and yachts in the 1960s in Monaco and Cannes and Saint-Tropez. So I spent about 10 minutes just looking at these photographs. Really fantastic. Um, and the food also is, is pretty darn good as well. Yeah. So uh, lots of lovely Italian seafood. What is uh, or what was your favourite dish that you had there? Well, there was a big platter of lobster arrived, but I'm, I'm, I'm not a mad big fan of lobster. I think it's a bit overrated. So okay. that... For many people, that will be the star dish, and I get right. that. But actually, there was a very simple seafood risotto that I thought was fantastic. The, the price is it starts at three four five. Okay. The soft drinks package goes up to four nine five or six nine nine for the premier package. But crucially, you get pool access with this brunch. Oh, fantastic! And it's a really beautiful pool there with lovely cabanas. There's a kids' pool, which is all shaded with a kids' playground, there's a kids' playroom. So go before your brunch, have a little play around. Or go after your brunch and, and sleep it off. It's a really lovely day out. But you can stay there once the brunch is finished. Once it, the the food is finished, you can stay in the pool and just yeah, yeah, out. yeah. So there's locker rooms there. You can get out of your brunch togs, go down and get your swim shorts on, and have a snooze. It's lovely. So there we go. Thanks for listening to the Edgar Podcast. Thank you to Lucy. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Pick up your copy of Edgar at all good bookstores, and don't forget to check EdgarDaily.com. 